What is up? Welcome back to the Pack Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada Athletics, episode 166. I am your host, Matt Hannafin. Um, it is just me today. Uh, sorry if my voice is like a little raspy or nasally or whatever. I can't tell if it's if you can tell in the audio, but my apologies if you do hear it. Um, I'm just overcoming a sickness. No, it's not COVID-related, but... Uh, Long story short, I didn't, I didn't really have a voice for a couple of days, so I'm, I'm just getting over that. Uh, I had to get into some housekeeping items. Uh, we're going to talk a little football, um, and that'll be pretty much today's podcast. I mean, volleyball, if, if, you have, if you haven't been paying attention to Nevada volleyball, I mean, they've been killing it, pun intended. Um, they've won five of their last six. They play at Oklahoma today. Um, they went, I think, 3-29 and last year, something like that. Um, and so, I mean, they're obviously doing a great job. Soccer's doing right now. I mean, they're still, they're one, four and two, but, uh, I think they could be on the upswing. They've had a couple pretty close losses. They tied against Eastern Washington earlier in the season, but, um, today we're going to be mostly focusing because I mean, it's been a while since Isaiah and I have recorded, uh, probably been since May. This is our, this is my first fall podcast and we're I think a couple weeks into the semester we're I'm recording this this is just this is the week before the Iowa game uh when Nevada in week three Nevada's already played three football games or two and one right now but um first off uh I have an announcement this will be my last podcast um with the Pack Center podcast uh and for reasons why um I just want to be clear with why this will be my last podcast. Uh, I will still be with the Sagebrush, but um, ultimately I, I resigned from the position, I want to say a few weeks ago, but I wanted to do one more podcast kind of going over some of the important stuff. But uh, let me just go into the few reasons why. Uh, Isaiah obviously isn't here right now, but Isaiah, if you guys know, uh, Isaiah and I's relationship. Um, him and I are him and I are pretty close. Um, he part of part of the reason why I'm I'm choosing to step away now. Uh, I think I talked. I I kind of hinted this to Isaiah a while back. I don't think I officially told him when I made my decision. I pretty I kind of kept this pretty private to me. And uh, of course, with our new editor in chief, uh, and I told and I did inform a couple of the staffers, but, um, I, this, this is something I wanted to do before I did anything else with the sagebrush this upcoming semester. Um, but Isaiah, I big part of, a big part of sports media nowadays and not, I don't want to say actually a big part of it, but a part of sports media nowadays and part of just media in general and just in the workforce is you really get partnered up with who you come in with. And, that was Isaiah and I when I first came to college. I graduated high school in 2018. Uh, I went to Douglas High School, which is a local high school, not far from Reno. It's about, I don't know, an hour away, hour down south in Minden, Nevada. Um, I graduated in 2018, came here the fall of 2018, and that's when I met Isaiah. Um, Isaiah graduated the same time. We actually went to rival high schools. He went to Carson. I went to Douglas. Uh, Instantly, we became close. We hit it off. Uh, he was probably my closest friend um, that I've made so far at this university. If you don't know, um, he's doing very good work right now in the baseball scouting industry. Um, I think he just became the national scouting director of 
I mean uh, a national scouting coordinator for uh, Perfect Game USA, which is uh, an amateur baseball scouting company. I think I got that right, Isaiah. If you're listening to this, if you correct me, please correct me. Um, but I beg your pardon. Um, but he he was the one who was who was who was he was kind of my right hand man while I was here at the university. If you couldn't tell by some of the chemistry and jokes that we had while we were on the podcast together. Um, he was my confidant. He was my number two. Uh, and he graduated this last semester. I can't, to, in all honesty, I can't be more grateful of doing this podcast with talking Nevada sports. Uh, Isaiah was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was, he was, let me just say he was really busy. Um, over these last, I don't know, year, year and a half, two years, um, when it came to his work outside of working with the Sagebrush and coordinating it with me, or coordinating with me for this podcast. Uh, he was a busy guy. He was all over the place. Uh, and so I was incredibly, incredibly grateful. And, I, and if he's listening to this, thank you, Isaiah, for uh, being here and doing this with me when you could have easily just been like no dude like i'm doing this this and this like i mean he he was all over the place his last i don't know his probably his last semester his maybe his last year when it came to doing his work um with perfect game and the other places he was working with outside of the sagebrush and so i was so incredibly grateful and uh it was such a pleasure working with him and part of the reason why because, I mean, this is my final semester um, at the university. I think I shared that already, but I'm not sure. Um, and so I didn't feel like it was right for me to – I just didn't – it's not right for me. I just didn't feel comfortable doing this particular gig with someone else, especially since I started doing this with him. What was it, I think, October of 2020? Something like that. So it's been about a couple of years, and so – I was so incredibly grateful and honored to work with work alongside him and he was so he was nice enough to do this with me and put as much time in as I did. And so that was one of the bigger reasons why I just didn't want to continue doing this at least with him by my side. I mean I I don't think I not that it wasn't fair, but I just didn't think it was right for me personally. Um because he's no longer again here. He's he's he graduated. He's now the national scouting coordinator for I'm um, a rising baseball company, baseball scouting company. Um and he's traveling all over the place and so he he needs to focus on that obviously. Uh and of course I also need to focus on my jobs as a basketball writer for Hot Hot Hoops in Miami Heat. Uh SB Nation blog, um, of course, alongside with the Sagebrush, which I'll be writing for again as my final semester, Mountain West Connection, the Mountain West SB Nation site that I write for, and of course, Vendetta Sports Media, which is a smaller uh, sports media company um, that's digital. So I need to focus on that, I think, too, um, at least all four of those things. I know I'm going to be a little bit busy this semester, too. Uh, but I I think it was best for me to pass along um, this podcast to someone else. Um, I just thought that was right for me. 
Uh, also, it, another big part of it was, I'm not sure, I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the too big of weeds of everything that's gone on with the sagebrush over the past year, but long story short, episodes just weren't getting out. Episodes just weren't getting out, and that was incredibly frustrating for me. It was incredibly frustrating for Isaiah. I'm sure it was incredibly frustrating for all of you who listened to this podcast since Garrett started this podcast and since Austin took over after that because both Garrett and Austin put their life, blood, and soul into this. And for them to, I guess, for lack of a better word, witness us not producing enough content or podcasting content, it's just, it's, it wasn't right. And it, previous leadership, it, whoever needed, I'm not going to name names here, but whoever needed to see or whoever needed to approve what was going on, it wasn't getting approved. And I mean, it was getting approved by me because of course I'm the one who Isaiah and I were producing, editing, doing the podcast on a weekly basis. And there were times where episodes were getting out three, four, five, six weeks later. And it truly, it, it made me frustrated enough to where I just was losing passion for it, I guess, for lack of, for lack of better word. I, I, it wasn't as much fun for me because I mean, before when we, when Isaiah and I first started this, we were getting episodes out weekly. So it made it a lot of fun to come in here and talk about the latest topics. But when episodes aren't getting out, it's not as much fun. Like, how would you, how would you, let me just think about this for a second. How would you guys feel if you guys spent hours doing something and just, it wasn't getting like published? or it wasn't getting recognized. It, For me, personally, it doesn't make me feel good. It didn't make me feel good. In this industry, you can't... It's, it, immediacy is important. It's not, it's not necessarily everything, in my opinion, because um, when you're doing something incredibly quick, you want to make sure you have stuff right, but you want to do this... You want to be timely with everything that you do. And when podcast episodes aren't coming out, and I'm having to wait three, four, five plus weeks to get them out. At that point, what's the point? Really? Like, that's that's just how I felt. And that's how I feel right now. Um, looking back on it, um, it, it, it's important to be, to be timely in the sports industry. You want to keep people informed, up to date with what's going on, in this case with Nevada athletics, specifically... If you want to get into like deep specifics with the with the with the hard hitting important topics that people pay attention to, football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, people pay attention to all that stuff, and then like swimming, track and field, uh, cross country, that stuff is important to people, especially people who want to listen to it and want to. Maybe maybe it's someone who's on the athletic team and they want to hear. Um, the recognition, or maybe it's like a parent or a family member or just Nevada Athletics fans. If I'm not getting the content to them in a timely manner, then what's the point of me doing this? doesn't make any sense. What's the point of anyone doing it? Like, wh- why would you want to do that? Why would you want to come in here and record something? And wh- why would I want to record something that happened in September and not have it be released until mid-October? If that was the case. I'm not saying that is the case, but I'm just 
pointing at at an example that could have or might have happened. It doesn't, it's it's not fair. It's not fair to anyone. It's not, it doesn't make sense. It's not. That's why I, I wasn't, on the publishing place that I published the podcast, I don't think I was able to backdate it, but that's why I had in the description, hey, this was recorded on this date. Or I think that's what I did. I can't remember, but I think it was like, this is, it was recorded on this date. And for it to be released months and months later, because it wasn't getting approved, it's just not fair. Um, I tried to voice my frustrations a couple of times. I think I could probably could have done a better job getting my point through. Um, but nevertheless, episodes weren't getting out. I mean, Isaiah and I had, I don't think we had, we probably had a half dozen episodes, maybe not get published because episodes were getting approved by the people who need to get approved by. And under this current new leadership, I'm very confident that that situation won't happen again. Um, and it wasn't just me with the sagebrush. It was um, the writers or some of the other writers that were publishing their content. Um, but it it wasn't getting approved by the people who need to get approved by. It wasn't like that when I first took over this podcast. And all of that made it incredibly frustrating for me. It's not fair to anyone. It's not fair to Isaiah and I. It's not fair to the listeners. It's not fair to the people who built this. Garrett and Austin particularly. Because they had a vision for it. And I had a duty to keep that vision. And given the circumstances, I in part didn't fill it. But part of those reasons why it didn't get fulfilled was because it wasn't getting approved by those it needed to get approved by. And that, it, it made that frustrating. Made that frustrating for every everyone involved, really. Um, and so that was a big reason why I chose. I thought about this over the summer a lot. Um, again, so combining all of that with the fact that Isaiah and I are no longer going to be doing this together. And I think we both knew that. Um, the fact that it wasn't getting approved. I just, I lost my love for it, I guess. And I think that, I think you all deserve to know that. Because if I can't fulfill my duty, if I can't, if I can't, uh, in my heart of hearts, be like, I'm giving this 100%. Because, I mean, any, anything I want to do, I'm going to give 100%. If I can't give it 100%, then I don't, I don't deserve to do this. It's not fair to anyone. It's not fair to myself. It's not fair to um, anyone. You guys, Austin, Garrett, anyone. And so I, that's why I felt like, again, this is the reason why I want to step in. I mean, Isaiah and I did have scheduling conflicts, too, and it came to organizing a weekly schedule and that was all post-COVID the room was locked on and off it was a hit and miss it's still kind of a hit and miss in terms of um who's going to be in there who's not going to be in there uh, or when 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 the door is going to be open like trying to navigate the different classes that are in room 105 to where we can do this and that, I mean that's but that's not something that is insurmountable I mean Austin probably had to navigate those same problems. All right, when was 105 available? When was it not? Garrett probably had to do that same thing when he was here. When is it available? When is it not? Or 
if they had separate mics or audio uh, devices that they could do it on, they'd do it. Isaiah and I didn't have that. At least I didn't personally. <laughs> and so that we had to use this room for like, I mean, I think we used, I think we used the room upstairs once, but it, the audio was so bad and it, it just wasn't good. Um, we had one mic. It was just, it was a fiasco. I can't remember what episode that was, but that was like when we kind of around when we first started doing it. Um, but that's not that's not really an excuse for why episodes weren't getting out. I mean, we just weren't on a consistent schedule, and of course, everything is easier when we were on a consistent schedule. I mean, we tried as we went by the semesters. We I think we developed kind of a, a consistent schedule, but again, there were some days where just the the rooms to get in weren't open. Um, and so that became uh, a fiasco in and of itself, or someone else was using it, or whatever the case was. So we had scheduling conflicts all the time, as you, you've probably heard as we were introing an episode on, like, a Thursday afternoon or a Friday morning or something like that. I don't know. Um, but we had that. But that's not, that's not a big reason. Um, most of it was just because Isaiah is no longer going to be here. Um, how things were under the previous leadership. Again, I don't think that was, I don't think that's going to continue. At least I hope not. Uh, I'm very, very confident in what our new editor-in-chief, uh, Emmy Drews, um, I am very confident where that is going. Um, I think she's done a great job. She's been good to me. She's been good to all of the staffers so far in her months as the new editor-in-chief. I think, uh, I'm very, very confident that the next person of Pack Center will do a better job um, than I am or than I did, Isaiah and I did, even though we put a lot of hard work into it. Um, it just wasn't, at, at the right time, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be at that time, I guess. Um, and so I, I'm incredibly grateful for pretty much everything, uh, because this is my first, this was my first audio experience, really. Um, this was Isaiah's. Now, I mean, Isaiah was a guest on here before, and we were a guest on previous Sagebrush podcasts that have now since been disbanded. But um, this was like our first full time, I guess, gig, and I had a lot of fun doing it. This was a lot of fun, regardless of everything else that happened. Um, of course, again, I, I, I lost the joy with everything else happening, but, um, not everything can last forever. Uh, but I had, a, I had a whole lot of fun doing it. Um, I'm guessing Isaiah did too. I hope Isaiah did. Uh, uh, I'm, I hope the next person, I don't know who exactly that is yet. I can't really give you that answer right now. Uh, I don't know who that person will be. Maybe it's someone I know, maybe it's someone I don't, but, since I'm going in my senior year, I have multiple jobs. Isaiah is doing very good work professionally, um, far above anyone that I know. And then um, everything that happened last year is probably the biggest reasons why I've elected to resign as the sports multimedia editor for that pot for for the Pack Center podcast. But without further ado, let's talk some football. Um, I don't think we're going to take much of a break during this. Uh, so Nevada football, this is the first, again, first time talking football, so I'm trying to figure out where to start. Um, this is the week before Iowa, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes, Nevada travels to Iowa City to uh, take on 
um, one of the more established Big Ten foes that we have in college football right now. Although, I mean, for any for any of you who do follow me on social media, particularly my Twitter account, which is at MPH underscore 824 underscore, uh, go follow me on there. I'll talk some Nevada. It's not all Nevada, but some Nevada. Um, I don't like watching Iowa. Uh, the The offense this year for Iowa hasn't been good. They scored seven points each of their first two games against South Dakota State and Iowa, uh, Iowa State. Fun fact, I mean, this isn't really a fact. It's pretty well-known knowledge now. There's seven points against South Dakota State and FCS program. I think, and I'll be at a pretty good FCS program too, if I can remember correctly, uh, was via two safeties and a field goal. And so it wasn't a touchdown. Um, they did win that game, but it wasn't it wasn't your typical seven points. And it was at home. Uh, but yeah, I just I'm not a big fan of watching Iowa. Um, so it's gonna be it's I don't know how many they're gonna score against this Nevada defense. One of my takeaways from these first couple of games or these first three games for Nevada, at least in the first two games, is I really liked how the defense is played. Um, I, th- I think the guys have been flying around um, just outside of a few notable names, Tyson Williams and Bentley Sanders being two of them on the back end of the secondary. Um, just a few of the guys have been impressed with Marcel Walker, Dom Peterson, as we all know, who um, was an All-Mountain West candidate a couple of years ago, um, Jaden Deadman. Um, at corner, uh, Maurice Swilmer, uh, Louis Cresto, James Hansen on the defensive line. Um, the, the, there have just been multiple names that have impressed me with their ability to fly around the ball. I mean, Nevada did play their first two games were against New Mexico State and Texas State, who aren't the most uh, prolific FCS members, if, um, if I'm putting it nicely, I guess. Uh, I mean, Texas State does have bowl aspirations. New Mexico State did have a coaching change in the offseason with Jerry Kill, um, who took, I think, almost a decade off coaching. I mean, he was at TCU last year. He, I think he did wasn't he was an interim coach for like four games or something like that. Um, but he was at Minnesota for a while. He co- he coached a few other programs in the in the nineties and two thousands and whatnot. But anyways, uh, I. They, those two weren't established foes, um, but Nevada still did find a way to, I think, hold New Mexico, what was it, to, I think 12 points, something like that, and then, of course, Texas State to 14. Nevada, in those two games, they forced nine turnovers, which I, I'm guessing is a school record. I don't know. I tried to look that up on college football reference. Um, it would only give me the dates, I think, like post-2012 or something like that. Um, I think it was it was a record within that time span. It has to be some at least if it's not a record, some sort of like close to a record within the first two games of a season. Um, but then you had Incarnate Word who was um, a, who's a very good FCS offense um, and a top 10 FCS team rolling into Mackey. And it was Nevada's probably biggest ch- biggest challenge offensively so or defensively so far um and they allowed 55 points over 600 yards of offense it wasn't the prettiest game nevada did force two more turnovers on like the first three plays of the game something like that and it just kind of went downhill from there they really couldn't generate many stops after that um the offense 
has been something that I haven't been super impressed with, but it's been as good as you would probably expect it to be with 10 new starters on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Aaron Frost, Nevada's preseason All-Mountain West right tackle got hurt, um, and he still has yet to appear. Ken Wilson was didn't give a timetable when he got hurt. It was a couple weeks before the season started. He said he'd be out for a while, um, along with defensive back Jawan Claiborne. There was still no timetable. There's, there, there still isn't. And so uh, Nevada's playing with 10 new starters on the offensive side of the ball, with Toa Tau being the only returning starter, and then Devontae Lee backing him up. Um, Nevada shifted the, the offensive line around a little bit, but regardless, there's been five new starters on the offensive line. They have a new quarterback, or quarterbacks, I should probably say. I mean, Nate Cox and Shane Ellingworth, you know, by now have been competing for the starting quarterback job. Wilson has still yet to name who will be the official starting quarterback um, because they, I mean, they split the first two games. They split reps. Uh, Ellingworth came out after the first drive of the third quarter in each of the first two games. Um, he said in the first game, it was apparently due to a hamstring issue. And then on the coaches show, Heading into Incarnate Word, Wilson said it, the second game it was due to, I think, a second bobbled snap that game, something like that. And so um, Illingworth got all of the first half reps plus the first drive of the second half, and then Cox got the remaining half of that. Well, against Incarnate Word, Cox played the entire game, and Illingworth didn't see the field. And so um, I don't know if that's going to be the same way against Iowa. Um, again, Wilson hasn't yet to announce a starter. He's, I don't know if he will. Um, I think in part is because I, I, wanna, I can't remember. I think I saw this uh, on Nevada Sportsnet. Beg your pardon if I got it wrong, but um, a, he didn't want to name a starter because it ruined, for, I guess for lack of a better word, it ruined like the competition standards. Like he, if he, he didn't want to name a starter because he thought it would be unfair to the rest of the quarterbacks. Um, if you if you were to name a starter, there wouldn't be competition, um, or the, he there there wouldn't be enough fuel to the fire of the competition, um, and so I think that was the reasoning. I beg your pardon. I'm I'm paraphrasing here. Obviously, I don't have it in front of me, um, but that's that. I think that's what I read. Uh, so, but it which is interesting. I think he's going to have to name one at some point, um, just like all coaches do I don't think you can just split quarterback reps the entire season if you want to sure um, I'm not the head coach I definitely would not be a good football coach and so please uh, do do not listen to me when it comes to coaching advice but that's just my two cents of it um, offensively it hasn't been that smooth I don't think I think um, I, I say don't listen to my advice and yet I'm going to go into advice uh I didn't. I don't love what I've seen so far on early downs, specifically on first down. Um, I've written about this a little bit for Mountain West Connection, but um, Nevada's production on early downs, specifically again first downs, just hasn't been good enough for me yet. Um, again, it's all of this is a work in progress. Um, having just a completely new staff, a completely new scheme, a completely new personnel. Um, to where I don't know if it's completely fair to judge it yet, but if I'm if I were to give a judgment, I don't think it's been as crisp. Um, they're leaning on the running game a lot, um, and there's there's not much of a problem with that. I mean, you it's it 
for five new offensive linemen, it's probably going to be easier to block if you're firing off the football than you are dropping into pass sets every time, like Nevada has been over the last few years with uh, the air raid scheme. But um, it hasn't quite come into fruition yet. I don't think it was expected to come in for, to fruition at this point of the season, but it's just some just an observation um, that I've noticed. Uh, Nate Cox specifically, I think, has done a good job running the football and operating that offense. I think he's probably operated it better than Illingworth through the first three games, hence why he probably got most of the reps against Incarnate Word when Nevada lost. Nevada scored 41 points, even though they uh, allowed 50, 55. But um, I think all of them have done... Uh, I think I think there's room for improvement. Let me just say that I think there is room for improvement along that offensive, along the throughout the offense. Uh, but I don't know how much that will. I get how am I how do I want to phrase this? I don't know how much that will make a difference against Iowa, who again is a very good defense. Um, they have allowed six and a half points a game. They allowed seven. I not. They've allowed, I think, one or two touchdowns over their first two games, something like that. They've allowed 13 points in total. Um, and so I don't think Nevada's going to win the game. I think it will be interesting because, I mean, Iowa is a 23-point favorite or something. Like, that's the last That's the last one I saw. I have to, you know, I have to double, double check on William Hill again. But last time I did see it was a 23-point favorite. That's a big margin for a team that scored seven points over their first two games. Uh, one against an FCS program and one against a Big 12 rival. Or not a Big 12 rival. I mean, Iowa's in the Big 10, but an in-state rival, I guess. Iowa State's in the Big 12. But anyways, that seems like a very big spread. And I would, if I were, if I were betting man, I am, but if I were betting man, I would probably take Nevada I'd probably take the points there in terms of covering that spread. It just seems too big to me. It just seems too big to me. Um, of course, Nevada's defense not might not perform as well. It's their first big road game um, from what we've seen over these first three games. There may be reason to suspect that Iowa State will score in the 20s, 25s, 30, whatever. Um, but I would take Nevada and the points here. Uh, I don't think Nevada's going to win the game, but I just uh, I just think the 20-point spread is a, just a big margin. Um, but again, Nevada's playing on the road. Big crowd, big Big Ten crowd. They, they're they hungry to see some offense. They're sticking with Spencer Petras, a quarterback. Just, I guess, that's just the circumstances that Nevada's running into. But anyways, let's give a little bit of a Mountain West football update, too. Um... The conference is in an interesting spot, and by an interesting spot, I mean not a good spot. Uh, Boise State, yuck. They've come out the gates slow. I don't know what's happened to them. Um, it's 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 not it's just not looking good. Eye test wise, uh, whether you whether you like them or not, it's not good. And they were projected to be. Um, a conference favorite, albeit it's only through two games. I mean, they did they did beat up on New Mexico a little bit this last week, but their first game against Oregon State, who was, I, if I were to guess, a lower-tier P5 
Pac-12 school, probably lower tier to middle tier. Um, it wa- it wasn't good. Um, Colorado State, uh, a better a better per or or a worse person than me would bash on Colorado State, um, over everything. But I'm I'm better than that. But boy oh boy, has have they not looked good through their first two games? They just haven't. Utah State, who is the reigning Mountain West champ, hasn't really looked that good through three games. They haven't. Um, Hawaii, Isaiah and I kind of hinted at Hawaii probably a few podcasts ago. Again, I don't know what, I don't know what we talked about when because it's been so long. But um, Hawaii had a similar change with similar change to Nevada. They had a big coaching change. Uh, they had more of a toxic culture coaching change. Um, because of stuff that was getting released about Todd Graham. Um, anyways, that they they now hi- they hired they hired Timmy Chang, who was before a former Nevada assistant. He's coached three games. He had to take on an entire new roster too. They look like one of the worst teams in the country. Although I think that was to be expected a little bit. Um, but some of the teams that have impressed me so far. Um, I mean, usually Nevada's t- – or let me f- just first preface this by saying usually the Mountain West is taking care of non-conference opponents <laughs> to, to a better degree than they have so far. Um, I was actually having a conversation, I think, with my dad last week at some point um, about where the Mountain West ranked football-wise compared to the other group of five conferences. And he was telling me, like, oh, the Sun Belt's better – um, the Conference USA might be better or whatnot. And I was just, I kind of brushed off the Sun Belt, and then like Appalachian State happened. Um, they go and uh, beat Texas A&M 17 14. And then, of course, the week before, they took North Carolina. I mean, them in North Carolina scored 120 plus combined points. Although Appalachian State did lose by two, 63 61. It's still 23. It's still hung with, uh, a, I would probably say, a pretty good decent ACC school um, even though Sam Howell is not there anymore and then of course Marshall happened with Notre Dame and uh, losing, be, beating Notre Dame uh, in South Bend Marcus Freeman goes 0-3 that becomes like a big college football storyline that week it's like oh, maybe I was wrong maybe I was wrong maybe the Mountain West has been surpassed by the Sun Belt which it's not something I would necessarily have expected I mean Arkansas State's a pretty good school too um, just to name a few I know I'm leaving a few up, just to name a few off the top of my head. Um, but a couple that have impressed me so far, Fresno State and Air Force, who look like the two best teams in the conference. Uh, again, this is only through two games. I mean, San, San Diego State's been pretty impressive. At least I I think they've been impressive to a degree. You, the team that's impressed me perhaps the most, um, just given based off of preseason expectations of where they were then compared to where they are now, is UNLV. Sorry. UNLV, I mean, they, they absolutely mollywopped Idaho State, which they probably should do, at home. And they they gave a competitive competition, or they give, they gave a competitive game to uh, Cal on the road. I, I believe in giving credit where credit's due. UNLV has impressed me so far. If I'm being wholly completely honest with you. I think they I don't know if they'll beat Nevada, because again that's a lot can happen between now and the last game of the season, but um they did impress nonetheless. 
Wyoming hasn't looked that good. I mean, they just beat Northern Colorado 33-10 and Tulsa 40-37, but they did lose by a considerable margin against Illinois um, in Week 0. They're 2-1 and one along with Nevada. Um, and so those are just a few Mountain West football updates. Um, again, the, that, that was the main reason. The announcement at the beginning of the pod was the main reason why I want to come on the podcast and give you my last uh, forego, my last goodbye. Um, I'm Again, I'm incredibly grateful and thankful that I was able to do this. I think Austin 100%. Um, because he he was the one who recommended me for this. And again, this is my first audio experience. I might be on this podcast again as a guest. I don't know. Um, but as the host of the Pack Center podcast, this is my last goodbye. Um, so I want to thank you all for listening. Give it a five-star rating. Like and subscribe for the next person because who's going to be, who I know will be very good and I will make sure is very good. And I won't say see you guys, excuse me, I'm not going to say see you guys next week. I'll just say see you again in the future. Thank you again. I love doing this. Uh, Have a good rest of your week and go pack.